there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. All right, Dr. Vitar, world adventurer that you are. You know, we, we moved out west, and uh, I just got to say, for my son's sake and my daughter's sake, a great, better environment for them. And uh, my son, who you know, Elijah, met a, a mountain man. Uh, the, the husband of the, the, the woman that's tutoring my daughter in math, he's like a mountain man. Every year he goes out into the mountains and he do all those mountain skills, survival skills from hundreds and hundreds of years that nobody seems to know how to do anymore. And you should have seen his eyes light up. He's like, dude, can I do that? Like mid-September he's going to go up, uh, I think, into Idaho and do some really cool stuff. That's good. Um, October, September, October, November, a good month. You know, you start getting to December, January, and those parts of the country. Those are, yeah, those no, are brutal. To be brutal. Transition season stuff. It's going to be cool. So uh, excited about that. Of course, we talk about our kids and uh, giving them the greatest opportunity. They have to, you know, find out why they're here and excel at it. And that's, that's fun. And part of the reason we do advanced medicine is for those next generations, as you said, you know, and people can read about it in the nine steps to keep the doctor away, the international bestseller. If you're new to this, when we do this, Dr. Batar made a pledge to God, you know, if, if, if he would help him help his son who had been injured by a vaccine into the autism spectrum, get him out of it, that you would dedicate your life to this, Dr. Batar. And this is part of what we do. This is a mission oriented show. Yeah, actually, I, I threatened God first and uh, bartered with God. <laughs> I, I, think I, I think I got to the promised portion at the end. but um, Well, you know, I yeah. went right to the end for people. I, you know, I, there is a journey, of course. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it's, an important, uh, it's an important thing for me personally to see that type of interest in other doctors that are joining the Centers for Advanced Medicine. We just interviewed a couple of great doctors. Uh, one of them actually that uh, we're hoping is going to be actually at, at our California clinic. Uh, unbeknownst to me, she was from actually North Carolina, so I'm talking to her, and she brought up something that she heard me lecture about 10 years ago, and uh, you know, it was nice to hear somebody talking about that, that it, had, it had an impact on her practice of medicine and her philosophy, and I think that's what we're doing, Robert. I think uh, you, know, you single-handedly have helped so many doctors either one find their way or two have the ability to find more resources that you were able to connect with them with connect them to whether it was directly or indirectly so that they had more resources to rely upon too and and I know that um, the opportunity that some of these doctors have had on your show throughout the you know two decades you've been doing this or more uh, I think it's been over two decades right well we're into, technically we're into our 19th year in broadcasting, uh, at the very least weekly, but of course since uh, February, Groundhog's Day 2011, you and I have been doing this weekly, of course, but I'm on six days a week in addition. Of course, you would never get anything done if you were with me every day on the air, so we, we're glad we get right. you once a week. <laughs> well, but the impact that you've had on these doctors and on, on the health freedom movement overall, but specifically in helping other providers find um, their direction and give them some something to think about, and then it 
it's that spark that causes the fire that ultimately uh, engulfs them in the passion that then directs them in how they're going to practice medicine and how they're going to help other people. And yeah. even among individuals, you know, to give people the camaraderie, the, the like-mindedness, because sometimes people feel like that they're all by themselves in their thought process. And, and you know, we were the minority, I think. I think now we're soon approaching, I mean, it may be sooner rather than later before it's half and half. But I think that the momentum is definitely in our favor and more and more people are becoming empowered. And the yeah. beautiful thing is once you become empowered with knowledge, you know, you can no longer be a victim. And I think people like being in control. They like not being a victim. They like the, you know, the victimless mentality. And, and well, enough so, people now, I think, are, are kind of figuring it out that being a victim isn't as great as they might have at one point in their lives thought it would be. It's like, wow, I don't have to do anything. I can be a victim. We talked about the, the, what the doctor-patient relationship has devolved into, right? I go to a doctor, a third party pays that doctor. The doctor's responsible to the patient because he or she has to do what the third party says he, he or she has to do, right? Despite, and that's what made it miserable for many doctors. One of the reasons my uncle, the doctor, said, don't be a medical doctor all those years ago. Now, didn't, it, it didn't quench my thirst for healing. I just had to you know, broaden my view to things I didn't know about. And, of course, doing this show, and with you as well, it's been fun because we uh, kind of open up the eyes and ears and all these other possibilities that you weren't confronted with or, or, or propagandized to believe was the only thing, for instance, in health and healing. So we're opening up. Consciousness shift, as we talked about. And, uh, indeed, it's, we're in the midst of it. It's accelerating. And, you know, sometimes we just got to hold on for dear life. Yeah, that's exactly right, because the movement takes on a mind of its own. You're absolutely yeah. right. So as we as we cover stories that used to be like, hey, salt caused high blood pressure. Hey, statin drugs are awesome for everything. They don't have any side effects, and, and, and they're going to help you, right? These are the stories we've covered well in advance of the revelations that they're not so right. For instance, patients with high blood pressure, this is a study out of Science Daily. They're reporting they're not reducing their salt. They're not likely, so we need more drugs to treat hypertension. But we've talked about the fact that other studies show that salt is not the culprit, especially if the salt contains the 74 to 84 trace elements before it's been refined to just leave sodium and chloride in it, that there is a distinct difference. Well, Robert, let's go even more basic than that. So what are the two most abundant um, substrates in the human body? The two most uh, substantial uh, elements that make up the human body, extracellular. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I'm talking about? Well, we got water. When you talk about minerals, you got sodium, potassium, you got chloride. You got all of these minerals that are in the macro state. They're, they're everywhere. Exactly. So sodium and chloride, or sodium chloride, together form salt. So to say that you need to limit salt for blood pressure is the most ludicrous thing. That's like saying that you need to, you know, limit being a human to be a human, or you need to limit water in order, you know, so that you're yeah. not too wet. It, 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 it's ludicrous. So the issue is not salt that causes the problem. The problem is that there is a dysfunction, a deharmonization, uh, disruption of the homeostatic mechanisms so that the regulation of salt, uh, the regulation of the sodium, um, can cause a disruption, but that is not changed by the intake of salt because you've got the salt in your system. It's it's a it's a it's almost like saying that your problem is your air conditioner. You have too much air conditioner, uh, or you don't have enough air conditioner because your air conditioning is not cooling the house. 
It has nothing to do with whether you have too much air conditioner or not enough air conditioner. It's just thermostats need to be reset. The air conditioner is the air conditioner. It, it's designed to put out so much for the house. It was created by the ultimate engineer, so it was sized for the right house. It was sized, everything was done perfectly. Now you have extraneous uh, environmental, extrinsic things that have come into play, uh, whether it's a lack of nutrition or it's an increase in toxicity, whatever the disruption is. And we know that the, the most... Um, the most common cause for hypertension, according to Cecil's textbook of internal medicine, is idiopathic hypertension. More than 85% of hypertension or high blood pressure is idiopathic, which means the doctors don't know what causes it. And we know that it's cadmium toxicity because other literature clearly talks about it. We, we know that cadmium is one of the leading uh, issues, not, not in conventional medicine, but in, in the non-conventional realm, that once you start removing the cadmium, blood pressure starts to re-regulate. So it's not a sodium issue. It's a disruption of the homeostatic mechanisms on, on board of physiology that has burdened with toxicity. And once you get rid of that toxicity and you reestablish the normal physiological parameters, the, the metabolic processes become normalized, mm-hmm. blood pressure is not an issue. It's just not an issue. Well, what messes up the regulating uh, capacity of the body is, as you've already mentioned, it could be cadmium, heavy metal toxicity. Anything that congests the liver is going to impact the kidneys. The renal tissue being functional, critical, of course, for the regulation of blood sugar. I'm sorry, blood, blood pressure uh, as well. And, and so we look at these things and we look, well, they're saying it's salt. It's just so not the point. It's not to say right. that we want people to take refined sodium chloride and eat as much of it as they can. Nobody's arguing that. But in a, you know, in a normal diet, you interact with salt, you interact with minerals, you hopefully hydrate adequately. There should not be a high blood pressure issue. But as you said, if 75, 80% of all blood pressure issues brought to the doctor are unknown origin or etiology, according to this idiopathic, and then they drug you for it, as if it's a deficiency of those drugs, again, an abject failure of allopathic pharmaceutical medicine based on Flexner Report training from 1910 on forward, where we began to stop looking at other issues in terms of environmental factors. Yeah, that's exactly right, Robert. Uh, you know, the one thing is that there's many different causes. You can attribute a lot of different causes to, to high blood pressure. For, for example, you know, you've got increase in peripheral vascular resistance. That, that can be a very significant contributing cause. You know, you've got uh, uh, what they call a cardiomyopathy issue, where the left ventricle of the heart that's supposed to pump the blood is not adequately pumping the blood because of other types of uh, issues. There's so many different things that contribute to this whole imbalance issue. But why the um, salt is demonized, and again, as you mentioned, normal salt, table salt, ionized salt, is not something that anybody should be consuming because it's not the um, optimum way that the physiology should be supported. If you use something like Himalayan salt or sea salt, something that has all the trace elements in it, that, that's actually the, the way the body is supposed to be getting salt. It's almost like when we start talking about how sugar is bad. Well, actually, honey or the sugar, that raw cane sugar, that's a natural form of sugar. Or the sugars that are found in fruits, the, the, the natural fructose-type sugars that are found in fruits, they're completely fine. But when you start having high fructose corn syrup, you know, people have told me, well, fructose is fructose. I'm like, no. That's, that's, not, that's not true. Fructose is not, you know, naturally occurring sugars in fruits versus a high fructose corn syrup. Totally Completely different. different. Yeah. 
And you know what is it coming with in whole in whole foods, right? Really unprocessed exactly. whole foods. There are so many factors that you interact with simultaneously. God designed it beautifully. Man mucks it up big time, and then we end up with disease that doctors can't diagnose because. Again, they're looking at everything as if it were a drug deficiency or 75 to 85% everything in cases of blood pressure. Folks, we got a lot more healing to go. It is Advanced Medicine. We do this each and every week. You can go to advancedmedicine.com. In the show notes at robertscottbell.com, you'll see an invitation code for you to participate even further with Advanced Medicine to go to places we can't go on radio together. Stick with us. we got a question of the day. It does relate to the kidney and the bladder and also uh, sucralose, bad news, Boring-based sweetener, what have they found out about it? We'll reveal it as well. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Willing to go where the truth takes him. Here's Robert. All right, back at it here, doing some advanced medicine with Dr. Rashid Batar each and every week. Links are up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. And it's not only what we plan to do and what Super Don throws at us to do. It's more than that. It includes you out there listening and asking us some questions. Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. All right, here comes question time. It says, hi, Dr. Batar, Robert, and Superdone. I have a question about my father-in-law. He said he's been put on a catheter indefinitely. I'm anticipating this is a, a, a urethral catheter for the bladder. His bla- Yeah, his bladder is not emptying on its own. He recently had some work done on his enlarged prostate, which was delayed uh, too long, apparently. And this is the end result. His bladder has, for lack of a better word, a herniated area, and this is part of the problem. Do you have any suggestions or products or anything we can give him to help him remedy this? Thanks for any info you can provide. I love listening to the show. Keep fighting the good fight. You are helping so many people. That's Sarah. All right, Dr. Batar, this is, you know, it's not a slam dunk here. There are some major complications, uh, but a lot of times when they intervene on the prostate, they do secondary problems with the bladder and other things, do they not? They absolutely do. Uh, we have a solution that we've been using for um, over two decades. Uh, well, uh, yeah, over two decades, since 1997. Uh, pretty incredible results within 24 hours. I unfortunately can't say what it is on the air, because if I did, they'd be making a claim. But uh, I will say that if you join Advanced Medicine, or go register there and join the IADFW, that information is available and um it's, it's part of the it's part of the transdermal series. Um, I, I, I won't say anything more than that. But Robert, you know what I'm okay. talking about. Yeah, yeah, no, well, exactly. That's why I want you to invite. Use your invitation code. Become part of it. You can learn things we can't talk about in public. Okay, that's an important distinction yeah, just, we need to make. And just just in case somebody would think or feel that you know we're just trying to drop people there, I'm telling you right now, the number of times the F we've had to deal with the FDA. In fact, I had a lab for many years. And after 12 years of uh, manufacturing things with uh, all natural grass ingredients, GRAS, generally regarded as safe, uh, inspected by the FDA every year for over 12 years, no problems ever. And then after my last battle with the medical board, it was almost like they handed the baton to the FDA and they started uh, 
they started saying certain things that we had that were already, that the FDA had already uh, registered, all natural, where they started classifying as drugs because of the claims that were being made. And not right. from us, but from patients that were talking about it. So that's the reason I don't say anything anymore, right. because we don't want anybody to make claims. We just want you to be able to utilize it and benefit from it. But uh, we, we can't do it openly in public. And, and this is what gets me so riled up, among many things, Dr. Batar. It, it isn't so much that we don't know what to do to help people. It's that we can't come out and, and tell them directly. We live in a, yeah. a medical police state, a pharmaceutical church or cult has dominated in violation of the First Amendment here in America. Yeah, we're free in a lot of ways, but in some ways we are totally imprisoned. And that is in the way when you have a product or a service or an energy that you can deliver and you know that it can reverse a quote-unquote disease, suddenly now you are relegated to prison status, criminal status, unless you are approved of by the emperor, I mean the FDA, or even the FTC, which is secondary but can be worse. And that's that's uh, that's exactly my biggest um, my biggest criticism of our system is that they say everything you know the United States is built on freedom and equality and we are the greatest nation on the planet. However, it's when you start looking at you can't say that a natural substance will help you with X Y and Z, but you can say it for a drug, which actually I didn't even realize it was illegal uh, until the Congress passed some bills back in the 80s that allowed pharmaceutical companies to advertise, but before that, it was not permitted. And, no. and you can show pornographic material. You can show all sorts of... Violent, atrocities, violence, yeah. yeah. Violent behaviors, and, and in fact, you know, promoted in children's uh, um, software games and such. But you can't talk about it from a health perspective because that will be considered mm-hmm. criminal. It's, it's, it's insane, but that's exactly that, the Yeah, that's so, why I've said for years... Uh, if you could cure cancer and you hung a shingle and said, we can cure cancer here in this clinic with no chemo, radiation, surgery, the government will find you in 24 hours or, le- and le- or less and shut you down, maybe imprison you and take all your money. It took them over 10 years to find Osama bin Laden. What does that tell you about who they think is the real danger? By the way, yes, I know Osama bin Laden was a CIA asset, okay? Don't get me started. But the point is, yeah. the real danger are people and doctors who know how to heal and don't need permission of the government or the pharmaceutical industrial complex and don't give a lot of money to the mainstream media. That's Big Pharma, man. They own it. Do they own you? Not if you're listening to The Robert Schiappel Show and Advanced Medicine with Dr. Batari each and every week or six days a week. By the way, silica or silicon is the key mineral for connective tissue. If you've lost connective tissue integrity, you wouldn't be hurt by pumping up the silicon levels in your body from a whole food source. All right, we'll be right back. We're going to talk sucralose, statins, and aspirin and more. You're listening to The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Making sense out of medical propaganda. Here's Robert. Each and every week, Dr. Batar is with me. We go advanced medicine. Links are up in the show notes, including upcoming events. And as we know where... Uh, Dr. Batar will be. He'll let us know. We'll let you know so that even when he's not here, you can plan to see him uh, when he gets out and about and does some conferences and things from time to time. Uh, we've got some uh, stories. Uh, you know, the mainstream media, as I said, is, is woefully uh, incapable or unwilling to really dig deep on stories when it comes from the peer-reviewed literature, making you know amazing claims of safety or efficacy of drugs or uh, even artificial sweeteners, how they should be awesome and they're not. We tend to point these things out long before 
they'll acknowledge them in the mainstream media, even if it was originally in the peer-reviewed literature. And then when they finally do, we have to play this. Yeah, well, I don't want to sound like a d but I told you so. I told you so. start how about statin drugs we love statin drugs here don't we dr batar we we say everybody should be on a statin drug wait a second i think it must be opposite day <laughs> statin drugs are the stupid people drugs and the stupid doctor drugs there is no reason to put somebody on a statin drug cholesterol doesn't cause heart disease in fact it's neurologically protective and guess what they're finding out with statin drug use dr batar that it should be considered malpractice, or is that just wishful thinking? In my no, wishful thinking, but you're on the right track. Because, <laughs> you know, if you're going to be prescribed a statin drug, get prepared to lose your mind. It's the gateway drug for dementia, Alzheimer's, and now increasing your risk of Parkinson's disease. How many people that- over 40, 45, or 50 are put on statin drugs? Almost everybody, if you go to a doctor. Yeah, and actually they're trying to reduce the, the standard, which would warrant putting somebody on statin drugs because hyperlipidemia or high cholesterol triglycerides, which is the reason that people get put on statin drugs, used to be considered anything over 250. Now they've dropped it to, I think, 180 or maybe even down to 150. It's it's ridiculous how over the last two decades they keep on dropping the threshold, you know, the the threshold of where you can start or where you should start the statin based upon the conventional thought process. But everything that is based on the statin drug theory, it's all based on the Helsinki study. And over the last 10 years, the New York cardiovascular literature clearly shows that it has nothing to do with cholesterol. It's also to do with hyperinsulinia uh, or, or a high glucose level, high sugar content that actually creates the problem. Um, and just in case there is anybody listening that thinks, well, okay, now Robert, you and Dr. Batar have definitely gone over, um, you know, overextended yourself, just yeah. so people understand, my triglycerides were over 2,000. You know, I've, I've had... Hyper, I've got type 2B hyperlipidemia, uh, genetic lesion, and for, I, I was on Mevacore the last year I was in medical school because my triglycerides were over 2,000, my cholesterols were like 1,500, 1,600, and my last year in medical school, they, they insisted that I start on Mevacore. I was in Mevacore for about seven weeks. Um, all sorts of weird things started happening. I mean, I was uh, at that time, you know, active duty. Well, I was getting ready to go active duty military or, or actually advanced camp. So it was my last year that started me right at the end of the last year. Um, I was going on a military exercise. I, I lost my strength. All sorts of weird things happened. I got off of it. Then I, that's when I started learning about the importance of not being on a statin drug. In fact, all the original studies that talked about statin drugs, they also all say that if somebody's going to be put on statin drugs, they should definitely, definitely, definitely be on ubiquinone. Ubiquinone is coenzyme Q10. It is vital for mitochondrial function. Uh, the mitochondria are the respiratory centers of our cells. And if you take a statin drug and you don't supplement with coenzyme Q10, you are essentially killing your res- receptors, um, your respiratory centers of your cells. So the cells can't breathe, which means that the body can't function. Um, so the studies clearly said that it should always be given with coenzyme Q10. How many statin drugs are actually prescribed with coenzyme Q10? None. Why? Because the manufacturers that started making it said, well, you know, coenzyme Q10 is so expensive and and um, we don't want to uh, over. We don't want to make it financially difficult for the people to afford the statin drugs. So they basically right. don't recommend coenzyme Q10. So first of all, you should never take it. And secondly, if you are going to um, 
go out and take something like that, as ridiculous as it is, once you understand right. the physiology, then please, for God's sake, take the coins and you can with it. Yeah, but and if you again, think... Robert, that, yeah. You, you said something about the, the importance for neurological function. I just want to point out also that the precursor of all the sex hormones on the, in the body is cholesterol. Right. It all starts with cholesterol. And so when people are talking about bioidentical hormone therapy and taking testosterone shots and estrogen, it all starts with cholesterol. If you don't have enough cholesterol in your body, that is the precursor of all the sex hormones. Mm-hmm. So anybody who's taking testosterone or any type of estrogen, any type of hormone replacement therapy, for God's sake, look at the cholesterol first. I have seen so many people that are on staffing drugs and taking all these end hormones, and they're causing all sorts of weird things happening with the body. And then when they get cancer, they're shocked. Yeah. So it's... You're messing with your hormones when you take statin drugs, folks. And by the way, Merck holds patent on a form of their cholesterol-lowering medication with CoQ10 because they knew exactly what you said, Dr. Batar. But as you said, they didn't bring it to market because they, oh, it'd be too expensive. Like, like they really care about if it's too expensive. No, because they precipitated heart, what we call that, congestive heart failure by the Either. Elimination of CoQ10 that statins do. On top of all the other damage it does to the body because it destroys the liver. And as we said in this article, Parkinson's neurological protective mechanism of cholesterol, brain, nervous system, made of fat, made of cholesterol. Folks, just stop it. High cholesterol, not the cause of heart disease. You have to have pre-existing inflammation, injuries, damage, you know, different occlusion, things that need repairing for cholesterol to come in to protect you and save your life, to keep you alive long enough to have a heart attack. That's the irony. Blaming the thing that kept you alive long enough to not die in, in your teen years without warning of bleeding internally because nothing repaired the inflammation and injury to your arteries, for instance. And you go back to the Korean Vietnam Wars, they did uh, uh, autopsies on the 18, 19-year-olds that came in body bags, advanced stages arterial atherosclerosis at 18 and 19. Why? It wasn't a cholesterol issue. It was inflammation. It was stress, Right. It was, you know, all the things they were eating, MREs, I'm sure they weren't organic. Who knows what they were eating? So all of these things go back in history. You read the history books, you read the literature, you come to the same conclusion that we do. Statins are stupid. Dude, listen, you sometimes, you know, you're a good friend. You, I've known you for a long time. But every now and then you'll say something that just blows me away. And the fact that you know that particular study when they did autopsies on the Korean vet, I, I don't know. I don't know how many people even know about that study, but you are absolutely, I mean, hit that nail square on the head. That does was that make, important study. Does that make up for my... I'm impressed, that you even, I'm impressed that you even know the study, first of all, <laughs> and that you quoted it. I mean, that, that's just, that's really impressive. So you just, you know, last week when you made that really bad transition, you just... That, that's what I was saying. I made up, I had to have made up for at least one or two bad transitions with that. Absolutely. Absolutely, without a doubt. So, All right. talking about that study, I just want to point out in that study, they actually looked at, uh, it was two out of five, uh, those, those are people, that, the people that they looked at in that study were between the age of 17 and 35, and they found that, uh, I believe it was two out of five had mild to moderate, two out of five had, um, had it was only one out of five that had no evidence of it. Right. That they, yeah, they could actually say that they, they even had anything. It had nothing to do with the cholesterol. So all of those, all that population had high, uh, high um, the, the lesions that they were seeing, it had nothing to do with age or lipid issues. They, all, they had high inflammatory cascades that were going on. So, and remember, and, and, Dr. Batar, that was also the era of margarine. 
Basically, yeah. people were eating exactly. motor oil, hydrogenated and trans fats, instead of butter and real fat. That's exactly right. That is yeah. exactly Post-World right. War so, II. It, yeah. And this is an important, in fact, in the book, in the nine steps, I talk about that. If you're going to use margin, the, the only thing you should use margin for is to grease the axle of your car. Yes. You know, the, the axle in your car. That's it. That, there's that's no other it. So it's like taking liquid. It's like taking a plastic bag and putting it over your head and breathing. That's what you're doing to yourself. You're changing the lipid bilayer and you're incorporating the margarine, cap, which is basically plastic, into the cell membrane so it can't breathe anymore. Mm-hmm. That's a brilliant. Visual it's way. so brilliant. It's not exactly what's happening, but it's like a visual way so you understand what's going on with margarine. Yeah, and as far as I know, the 20th century uh, doctors all pretty much in lockstep endorsed margarine over butter. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, butter butter is natural. So here's the way. How do you know what you should eat, what you shouldn't? In the book, I give some very simple guidance. One is, if it's God-made, it's good. Remember, G for G. God-made, it's good. If it's man-made, if it's synthetic, if it's man-made, it's madness. Just remember that. That's a golden way of remembering it. Well when said. When you say, well, you know, raw milk is bad for you, well, raw milk came from cows that God made. Okay? <laughs> raw milk is not bad for you. Yeah. Um, and the pasteurization and homogenization and radiation and all the other stuff they do to the food, you know, genetic modification. It's, it's nasty. the food that God designed. By the way, if you don't drink raw milk from a factory farmed animal, but from a grass-fed cow that you've grown or you know the farmer, and that's what we do as well. By the way, uh, God made sugar in food. Man made right. sucralose, artificial sweeteners. Sucralose, a chlorine-based sweetener. They've just come out with a study showing, oops. We might not have been right about promoting it over sugar uh, because we've now identified previously unidentified metabolites. I've said this. It's a chlorine-based sweetener. You can, you can chlorinate your pool, but don't eat this stuff. Don't drink this stuff. How many years later do they finally acknowledge this? Yeah. I mean, it's been 20-some years since I've been talking about that, Robert. And you and I have talked about this on the air for at least the last nine years. Um, so, yeah, send me that study because I didn't know that. I mean, yeah. to me, anything with chlorine is carcinogenic, and it's a chlorinated sugar molecule. So why would you think that? It's, you know, it's like almost saying the, dental, the mercury is bad for you, but when you put it into the, somebody's vaccines or you put it in somebody's dental amalgam, it becomes safe. Some kind of mm-hmm. alchemic process happens. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know what the process there's, is, but there's something yeah. that they say happens. They're stunned. Stunned, I say, that they found sucralose can reduce the abundance of beneficial bacteria in the gut. What is chlorine designed to do in a pool? Or in the water, They're municipal water, to kill, kill bacteria. Yeah. yeah. And the, the title of the paper is Intestinal Metabolism and Bioaccumulation of Sucralose in Adipose Tissue in the Rat. Again, the fat cells, we talked about the bioaccumulators. They're protective mechanisms, but over time, if that breaks down, look out. Cancer, here we come. And I don't want any of y'all to uh, uh, you know, embrace a cancer reality you don't need to. Uh, if these are environmental, metabolic, food, the wrong choice that you make, the wrong things you drink. Uh, it's all in the nine steps to keep the doctor away. We talk about it. Ty and I wrote about it in Unlock the Power to Heal, and you keep listening to this show when we go advanced medicine all over you. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. By the way, aspirin has been told to us that it's a good thing for many years, Dr. Batar. When we come back from this break, I want to I wanna talk about another, I would say it should have been a moment of dub, but it wasn't because everybody said, duh, aspirin's good for you. Well, turns out it's not, and now they're acknowledging it. It doesn't reduce what they said it was going to reduce, but what negative things could happen from using aspirin. We'll find out from Dr. Rasha Bittar. Check it out. His international best-selling book available for free. Just pay the shipping. The links are added to the show notes. Thanks to Super Don. Go to robertscottbell.com, advancedmedicine.com, and we'll be coming right back. The Robert Scott Bell Show. 
In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. There's more than we can cover in an hour together, but that's why I do six days a week. Also, I'll be at the Trinity Live Conference. Those of you in Chicagoland area, Schaumburg, Illinois, September 22nd, 23rd. And that I wish uh, Dr. Batar could be there for that, but we'll have another event or two or ten to get together in the future. We'll let you know. But I won't be taking aspirin, even if I have a headache. I grew up in the generation, Dr. Batar, where they said aspirin's good for everything, and if it's not, take it anyway. It's got to be good for something else, too. And this idea of aspirin for everything, the wonder drug, it became part of the, well, I guess, I don't know, was it in the 1970s? When did they come up with this baby aspirin to prevent heart disease? Right? Just take a little baby's, baby aspirin. And they made it, I remember the chewable kind as a kid. It tasted like an orange creamsicle or something, like they made everybody love drugs. It tasted like candy. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, and now they're 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 acknowledging that. Yeah, they, and they they screwed up. They acknowledge that aspirin does not, in fact, reduce initial vascular events in low to moderate risk population. This is the whole point. Where they said everybody should be doing aspirin. If you're at even a little bit of risk, just take it just to be safe, as if it's a vital nutrient, as if it's a vitamin or a mineral. This drug, but. If indeed, based on all of the adverse events, people do check into the hospital with uh, emergency room with dangerous uh, overdoses to aspirin or even taking it regular, the bleeds that happen gastrointestinal, this drug, if it were up for approval as a new drug today, would not be approved. So, Robert, I have to tell you the truth that um, I remember you talking about this years ago, and I, you know, with all my hours, I've got over 12,000 hours of PR documented time and my background with trauma. I mean, the aspirin part, I always did recommend a baby aspirin. So I didn't really know much about that part of it. So I, since I didn't really understand that, of course, the mechanism of aspirin, if you ask anybody with the mechanism of aspirin, you know, nobody really even understands the mechanism of aspirin, how it really works. Yes, it, uh, you know, there's the, the general thought process that the, is the salicylate and that in, um, inhibits prostaglandins and that whole cascade. And, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't really quite understand that. Now, this is one of those things that I think the benefits from the aspirin that people experience, it's the anti-inflammatory component that you really see the benefit. But there's so many things that are naturally occurring. Like Arnica is a, is a great example of something that is uh, anti-inflammatory. It, it doesn't have the anti-inflammatory effect like aspirin does, but it's uh, it's almost like a preemptive anti-inflammatory, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like almost prevents inflammation from occurring. Would yes. Good way you, yeah, you can actually take it before a known surgical procedure, and your right. tissue will not have the same extreme response. You will not be in as much pain or swelling as you would had you not taken the arnica. That's true. Right. right. And as far as, you know, people saying, well, it helps to thin the blood and allows the perfusion to take place, and so if you've got an acute event or you've got an obstruction or occlusion and you need to make the blood cells more elastic so they can get through and squeeze through a hole, then you need some type of a natural anticoagulant. And I'll tell you, there's nothing more effective at, uh, from an anticoagulant standpoint from natural um, thinning the blood without causing bleed like ginger, fresh ginger. Mm-hmm. You take your pinky, you take the size of your pinky finger, the, the, the nail bed, chop that up, 
basically chop it up into small pieces, throw it in a hot cup of water, drink it, and then scoop it up. Every other day you do that. And I can tell you that that is by far a better and more superior way of uh, thinning your blood. Yeah. And, of course, there's, we, we have a number of different types of enzymes. And, of course, you have the natokinase and the streptokinase and some of those other things that are natural yes. uh, natural blood thinners without causing all the complications and the inhibition of the prostaglandins, et cetera, et cetera, and all the side effects that are associated. Well, and let me add this. So, Remember the whole idea of a drug was to get on it and get off it quick? If you had to take an aspirin once in a blue moon for a, a okay, but we're talking about suddenly it became a daily vitamin for people. Then it became a disaster. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and you're absolutely right. And, and a couple of people are making comments, you know, they're talking about natokinase is good, ginger is great, vitamin E as well. There's so many different things, and we can't talk about them all. There's a lady here by the name of Zora that talks about turmeric. Well, you know, I take turmeric and curcumin mm-hmm. every morning in my drink, the butar drink that uh, I've kind of talked about before. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And, of course, I have, you know, apple cider vinegar with that and lemon, and there's a whole, whole little uh, combination of different things that I put together into a delicious drink. And uh, it's, it's what I have in the morning instead of breakfast. And it's fantastic. But turmeric is part of that. There are many, many things you can take from an anti-inflammatory sample. Remember that the... Well, Robert, I guess you guys, we don't have tough time now, huh? No, I know. We ran out, Again, you're going to have to talk to the folks afterwards. Those of you watching uh, Dr. Batar on Facebook Live and, and Instagram, we'll talk a little bit more here on YouTube as well. But this is why advanced medicine, uh, you just want more because we finish and we're not done. <laughs> so we'll be back next week with Dr. Batar. In the meantime, as he does so well, tell you all what you need to know before we got to go. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott Bell Show.